listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. That was the best headlines I ever did, but the mic was off. <laughs> I mean, it's lost to history now. There was a technical problem. Sorry about that, guys. As we were going to say, I'll do it quickly now. Suns win, but they don't cover. Chris Paul has cleared protocols. He is playing, and the Suns are favored on the road. Game three. And if you look at the draft last night or the lottery, Pistons win. Cade Cunningham, 95% chance he's going to be the number one pick. Tonight, money on Milwaukee. It's up to eight and a half. We're going to cover all that, Jonas. And RJ, on a day in which we've got some updates on the future of the Western Conference Finals, we've also got to take a look back at a very exciting but controversial game last night. What is the Vegas lead here on this Wednesday? Yeah, I think it can be nothing except last night's game. Yeah, and it was game two in the Western Conference Finals. And last night it saw the Phoenix Suns at the buzzer, nearly at the buzzer, under a second left on an alley-oop from an out-of-bounds pass, getting a 104-103 win. They now have a two-game series lead with game three back at Staples Center. Okay, so the first question is, you have to separate in the NBA series like this, the seven-game series, between what we learn about the teams and what we know about the math. The math of it is that the Suns have to win two more games and the Clippers have to win four, four or five. That's pure math. I'm not sure, though, that we've learned anything about the Suns without Chris Paul and the Clippers without Kawhi to make me think one team's any better relatively to what we thought entering the, the round itself, the series. We actually have an expert with us, Maddie Holt from U.S. Integrity, former bookmaker. We forgive him for that. Maddie, if you looked at just the power rating, just the quality of these two teams relatively, have you had any reevaluation of how good the Clippers are relative to the Suns? Uh, no, other than I think it's fair to say that Devin Booker um, was underestimated in terms of that superstar value probably prior to the playoffs and now. The playoffs itself. Yeah, like he's very much that top tier one. You know, those top five guys in the league now, he would be valued as one of those. Top five. Uh, yeah, I think he's in that same. When you start Ooh. valuing players like what does Anthony Davis mean to a point spread or what does Kawhi Leonard mean or, or any of these guys, I think suddenly Devin Booker is put himself into that category. You and Stephen A going strong on Booker. Now, do you discount the defense? I mean, because obviously the rebuttal is uh, under, uh, below average on defense. Um, yeah, I, I think they say that about everyone. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. Well, a lot of the I don't sp- think they but, say that but, about but everyone. But the point spreads 
the point spread impact from those players still puts them in the top tier of when they're out, the line moves more than anyone else. I'm not here to debate the viability of a player in terms of who's better and talk about X's and O's. The, how many points will the point spread move when a player's out? Devin Booker's in tier one. And a lot of people before the, the playoffs started would have had Chris Paul as more valuable than Booker. Um, it certainly wasn't an extreme minority position. At this point, you're saying it's it's clearly Booker is more 100%, valuable. Yes. So let's let's start there, Jonas. Is when you look at Chris Paul, when you look at Booker, which one, as the fans' perspective, seems more valuable? Uh, at this point, I would say Devin Booker, just because we've seen Phoenix play well without Chris Paul. We've had our sample size of no Chris Paul in the postseason, and Cameron Payne, the backup to Chris Paul, is not that much of a drop-off. In fact, you would argue that he's even more of a threat offensively at times. He brings a lot more energy, and so I haven't seen that much of a, of a drop-back from Chris Paul to their backup. Devin Booker, I would agree uh, with Maddie. I think he's taken a step in this postseason, similar to Trey young where everybody knew he was talented he was a scorer but now we've gotten to see it on a big stage and he's hit clutch shot after clutch shot and had some monster performances which i think a lot of people were capable thought he was capable of but we've just never seen it on this stage that's jonas knox i'm rj bell we are straight out of vegas jonas back to you any subject about the game what was your main takeaway from last night I Look, I give the Clippers a lot of credit, and I give the Suns a lot of credit just from these are their best players, right? I mean, we've been hearing all about Chris Paul. He's the best player on Phoenix. They go as he goes. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, you know, he's the best player on the Clippers. They go as he goes. You've seen players on that roster, and I don't know if it's a credit to the organization and how they've built uh, or how they've been built, but you've seen the depth showcase itself for both teams, and I come away not being as down on the Clippers being uh, down 0-2 in this series as maybe I should be. I come away from this going, this team's a real threat we've seen them do it in previous series when they go down 0-2 before I'm not saying it's for sure going to happen here but you could argue I mean I think they should have won that game last night they were very much in the game game one so I don't come away down on either of these teams Paul George missing the free throws was bad but I think Paul George himself has been pretty damn good the past few games also so that's an interesting question Paul George playoff P a lot of scorn for that Obviously, with Kawhi out, and one thing we've been saying, and I think the odds show it pretty strongly, is the Clippers are not expected to get back Kawhi. If you look at the the, the series price, it seems uh, very strong that he doesn't come back this series. A lot of people in the media. I thought it was the other way, actually. Really? Now, yeah. I mean, think of this: the Bucks haven't played a game yet. They're minus five hundred. The Suns are up 2-0, and they're only minus 700. Well, here, here was what made, jumped out at me about it, is the analogy, and this is a great conversation. Matty Holt joins us, former bookmaker, who, by definition, they're, they're contrarian, those bookmakers, is if you looked at a series in which you had the home team win and you thought they were about even teams. So an example of that would have been Utah and the Clippers, right? Utah and the Clippers were about minus 130, 140, which is home court in a pandemic year or half a pandemic, however you want to call it now. 
is was about right. It said they were even teams. And after the first win Utah had, and everyone was healthy or relatively healthy, I guess um, one Utah guy was out. But at this point, the line went to about minus 200. So it was minus 200 after a 1-0 even teams, home team wins. Here after game one, it was McKenzie. What was the number? It was four hundred minus four twenty-five. Yeah. So when it went to four hundred after the first win, boy, that's a big jump. So and now and some of that was fueled by speculation that Paul would be back for game two. Oh, that Chris Paul would be. Yeah, but, but, but Chris Paul worth two and a half points is your assessment. McKenzie's got him up four. Let's call it somewhere in between. For one game's not going to move that line in any you know by what ten cents. And, and the injuries and the fact, I think, more as more information came out, too, it seemed less and less likely that regardless of how long it went, Kawhi Leonard would be able to come back. Exactly. So, yeah. so I guess what I thought I just heard you say was that you thought this line was indicative of a, a decent chance of Kawhi coming back. Well, I, I think at least they think that there's a good chance the Clippers come back. Here's a good example. Uh, well, okay, like Golden enough. Knights go up 1-0 against the Canadians. It's minus 1,400. The Bucks haven't well, played a game. Even teams to start, right? No, not exactly. But I'm just saying that this line for a 2-0 series lead and the team down 0-2. So, McKenzie, what was Utah, what was Utah Clippers after game two? Because that would be the one we can compare it to. One second. I'll yeah, take right. a minute with that. So we'll take a gander at that. I'm straight out of Vegas. Real quick, Jonas, and we'll get back to this price here in a second. What's your thoughts on the replay? I mean, obviously a big chunk of talk about that extending out, dragging out the end of the game, some people believe. Yeah, well, I mean, the replay that I think is getting a lot of the conversation is the ball going out on Devin Booker after it was ruled out on Pat Beverly. They review it, and, and the ball goes out on, on Devin Booker. And it, there's people that see it. I mean, to me, it was pretty obvious Devin Booker touched the ball last. I mean, it's it seems pretty clear to me, even more so than other situations, because as Mark Jackson Jackson pointed out on the broadcast, he was almost palming the basketball when it rolled off his hands. It seemed pretty clear and obvious, yet we review it. I think they get the call right, and then everybody's upset at replay because they reviewed it and they got the call right. Because well, you know, do you think they're upset over that, or are they upset over the fact of how it's dragging out the games? I mean, but I would rather they get it right. Like I, I've never. Been I'd rather these- be quicker. I see. I'm not in a. I'm not in a hurry. And maybe this is just because we do this for a living. You know, I want to. I got to see the end of the game anyway. So if it takes a little bit longer, you know, I'm, I need to watch it. I need to see what's going on. Yeah. So I don't. I, I don't get upset about the length that how long it takes for it to get it done. I I thought Colin had it right today in the following way, is if the game if it's a game deciding type play. Replay makes a lot of sense to me, though I do think if it's not obvious, you know, which the NFL has done historically is if it's not obvious on the tape, then the call on the field stands. I think that's a good thing. And that, in theory, would shorten up the time. But boy, in the second quarter, why not? What I don't get is why not do it like the NFL and give them one challenge a half or, you know, give them one challenge for the game and, and, and decide if, if, if it's important enough to do it. What was your position on that, man? Uh, boy, I, I thought that last 33 minutes, and that's what the last 90 seconds took, <laughs> 33 minutes, exactly. Um, 
I thought it made for good TV, though. I mean, I, I nobody cares about the middle of an NBA game or the beginning because we see these massive deficits erased, and there's always runs both ways. So the early parts of NBA games feel completely irrelevant. But that last 90 seconds that took 33 minutes, who who changed the channel during that 33 minutes? Well, that's interesting. I would think a lot. At minimum, people were flipping picture in picture. You got to figure. I but, don't know. Yeah, that's interesting. See, to me. If I'm a casual fan, I'm watching this saying I get 90 seconds of action in 33 minutes. I, I can't imagine that appeals to the casual, the casual fan. But again, it's an interesting debate. Are there casual fans anymore between what? fantasy and these like play for free games and sports well, betting? The, is anybody ratings, not invested somehow? But if you look at the NBA Finals and compare those ratings to even big games in the regular season, it's night and day. So someone additionally is watching, right? It's like maybe people's moms. But are they watching action free? Uh, I I would think so because I I think if you're not I think Super Bowl you bet even if you don't bet other times I don't think you bet the NBA Finals if you don't bet during the NBA regular season very okay. much. All right, I'm RJ Bo straight out of Vegas. So we've I think we've got an answer on the on the Kawhi. So after Game Two, so the the theory is Jazz Clippers was analogous to and not exactly but close to Phoenix Clippers. Why? Utah and Clippers about the same quality team was the assumption. Phoenix without um, Chris Paul would and Clippers without Kawhi would be about even teams. And after Game Two, Jazz are minus or were minus four fifteen. And right now we got Phoenix at minus seven seventy. So it, it does seem like with Chris Paul coming back that they're not expecting Kawhi, and the market isn't always right, but. As you would know, right a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. All right, let's do this. Let's take our first break. When we come back, this is going to be fascinating. Because Maddie with Maddie Holt, with his job, his company, he is following, is there any irregularities in the betting market? Well, in the baseball betting market, we've had something we've never seen, which is them trying to stop the foreign substances. How has it affected the betting and the betting outcomes? It will be fascinating. And he's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. If you speak out against the words, then the heavens gonna fall. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will get into the sticky situation in Major League Baseball. <laughs> Ooh, clever, Jonas. Clever. Great day to join us. We're going to be digging in. How did Vegas react to the lack of stickiness and the potential for more scoring and what's actually happened? It's a little bit surprising, more than a little, actually, to me. Great day to join. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. The audience has doubled in the last year plus. That's because of your support, and we're going to keep working extra hard to deliver a great show for you. You can listen to us on the iHeartRadio app. Just search for Straight Out of Vegas. Here in Vegas, on the Strip, a balmy 88 degrees with some humidity, the neon is chugging. 
So, RJ, Major League Baseball has decided to crack down on some of the illegal substances used on baseballs, anything from spider tack to suntan lotion and rosin, anything to help a pitcher get a better grip now. Major League Baseball has cracked down on, and now opposing managers can ask the umpires to check opposing pitchers of these substances during the game. And Matty Holt, now listen, I'm going to ask him a question, but we should let everyone know beforehand. He's not afraid to spin a yarn, this guy. Guess who shows up for no reason at all to get his grandstanding and hot-dogging in? You, man. But he is the perfect guy to have when it comes to what went on behind the scenes when it came to the enforcement changes with baseball pitching. My gut feeling was... Man, oh man, the totals are going to go up. So for those that aren't as savvy at betting, about half our audience doesn't even bet. Totals are the combined points in a game or runs in a game. So uh, a game might have DeGrom went, and what was the total in that game? I think six. Six. So that's a low one, but that's saying, hey, there's going to be six combined runs over under that. So before anything happened coming into Monday's games, you were aware of this. What was the thought process? And again, your company, U.S. Integrity, its job is simply to find out when there's anything shady in betting, in legal betting across the country. So, so I think everybody's got reaction is, oh my goodness, there's probably going to be more runs. But we didn't see anybody bet like that. We didn't see any anybody's odds makers adjust like that. And I think a so, lot. So let's be clear here. So you're saying that the. Odds that came out, because the first number that comes out is coming from a, a sports book. And that sports book puts out a number, and then the bettors get to bet it. And they can say, that's too low, that's too high. So the numbers that came out originally from the bookmakers were in line with no adjustment for the enforcement changes, correct? Zero adjustment. And then the betting came in. And the bettors said, you know, we don't really think there's much adjustment because they didn't bet it up. Correct. I agree with both. Okay. And then when the games happened, they've actually had more unders in the very small sample size we've had since than overs. So the theory that suddenly games are going to start flying over, at least in the short term, has not been a practicality. Okay. So 26 games, counting three games that's gone final today, there's been 12 overs. 14 unders and if you look at the point uh the average total on the season prior to monday the average total was 8.3 runs the average total over the last two days not counting today 8.1 so actually the total went down now keep in mind just through the eye test there's some aces went the last couple days and that's going to affect the totals over a short sample what we'll do after friday five days gives us a good chance to see a cross-section of the league we can look at what the totals have done but man the fact that we're 12 overs 14 under so far it doesn't seem like that uh there's going to be a lot of betting on the over i'm flabbergasted because even if it didn't matter in practicality, if the stickiness didn't really matter. The head games, we, I mean, we see with Simmons at the foul line, we see all the time the mental end of sports is important. If, if you have that as a crutch, right, is you just use that substance or whatever substance, it feels like not having it would 
psychologically at minimum have an effect. Jonas, what was your what would you you predicted about the results of this? I wonder if the walks have gone up because I don't know that we can just assume you know a guy's going to have a better read on the baseball and it's going to mean more base hits. But I wonder what the walk rate has been like since this has happened because one of the Ooh. conversations it's had for pitchers is they say I don't have as much control over the baseball, which means more guys are probably going to get hit and I'm not able to control where the ball goes when it comes to the strike zone. So I wonder if walks have gone up since then. So over the long run, additional walks would lead to additional runs. Now in the short term, maybe not. Mackenzie, we can pull that up, right? Yeah, just give me a minute. Yeah. Um, Maddie, Maddie Holt, usintegrity.com. They're all about integrity in the sports betting world. He is the founder, CEO. Um, how did do you guys have contracts with a, a number of big organizations, right? The Pac-12 and NBA, SEC, yeah. So, so you you have a contractual relationship, mm-hmm. you know, things, data being exchanged, money being exchanged. Do you have anything with Major League Baseball? No, we don't. But um, you know, all of our operators, monitor, clients. Yeah. I mean, we are basically the integrity provider for every single licensed sportsbook operator in the United States, and thus That's they are offering Major League. Here. Baseball, and thus we have to monitor it. Yeah. So, was this something where you were giving it a lot of thought about, okay, how can we see if something's happened, or was it going to be like, hey, we're aware of it and we're just looking? Like, how extra close were you looking at these results? We were look so. What's interesting is every single league right now, every single major professional collegiate sports league is embracing sports betting now as a form of engagement, as a form to you know not only bring in new fans but keep them engaged with games. And I think that it really kicked off this year that all of these leagues have to be extra careful with the Tim Peel incident in the NHL. And if you're not familiar with it, it's an NHL referee this year who didn't realize that there was a hot mic on and actually admitted that he called a penalty when there wasn't one as a makeup penalty that hey I had missed a penalty earlier in the game I didn't call it so I just called one on him that basically didn't exist he was immediately terminated from the NHL wow immediately terminated long standing referee done and the idea is NHL is trying to embrace gaming and nobody is trying well, to so, so when you're saying embrace gaming you're saying that it makes the integrity matter more Correct. if with millions of dollars on it now to me as a guy that's bet pretty much every day since he was 14 years old, and that's the absolute statute of limitations is up truth, is it feels like the game shouldn't matter more. I think that there should be a financial consequence if you are doing something to hinder the fairness of the game. Like We've talked about the NFL, and Jonas and I have talked about it for years now, the NFL in their injury reports with millions of dollars, billions at stake, if you're fudging the injury report, it's almost like the SEC coming at you for fudging your um, uh, P&L if you're a public company. So I, I see that. But do you? It's, it's, it's not it, just it about betting the game, though. The idea that the NHL would take that call more seriously because there's betting. It's not just about the amount of money bet on the game, but but let's face it, it's true. They they are concerned with you know integrity Liability. more now at betting, yes. But it's also where they want to be from a betting standpoint. They're supplying all this official league data for the whole idea that the next 
pitch ball strike will start to be a regular wagering uh, option at every single sports book in America. Will this batter get a hit, draw a walk? And if you're going to do that and a relief pitcher comes in and he's rosining up or he has all kinds of substances on his hat and a better has millions of dollars at stake on that and they find out the pitcher's cheating, there's going to be lawsuits and liability and issues. So why not get ahead of it now? I think they're, you know, they're ha- be- wagering has forced these leagues to clean up the sport in a way that they never did before. I just had an idea. Sue Ben Simmons. I'm RJ Bo, straight out of Vegas. Jonas, I mean, you are the voice of the fan here, but you are a fan of gambling on sports. Where do you come down on the idea of the leagues are even more serious about the integrity of the game because there's money on the games? Yeah, I mean, look, I I think it should have always been that way. I think it varies from league to league. The NBA, uh, they feel very sensitive to the issue just because of the Tim Donahue stuff. And and it feels like they want to make sure everybody knows we're trying to be on the up and up as much as possible. I I just I don't know that you're ever going to stop somebody trying to get an advantage in any sport, which makes me wonder, well, how do you counteract that? Do you put limits on certain bets? You know, especially if it's information. what, What advantage are we talking about here? Well, like if if you go through it, like in the NFL, you know, like the Patriots might have an advantage because maybe they're uh, filming someone's sidelines or, you know, what? Uh, Tom Allegedly. Brady, yeah. Oh, Tom wait, Brady yeah no, well, I guess not. <laughs> deflating, deflating footballs or whatnot. I just wonder, are we ever really going to get a hold of this? Because you go to the PED scandal in baseball. Yeah, they can clean it up all they want. Guys are still testing positive from time to time. It's not like guys aren't still going to try and cheat. And there's still going to be pitchers that are going to try and use a substance to get an advantage even though they know the the repercussions because of it so i just don't know how you completely cover yourself on this i think it's just part of the deal when you work with professional athletes that are trying to get an edge it's optics you have to give the optics to this new fan who wasn't engaged in your sport before, but either because of fantasy sports or sports betting now is engaged in your sport. And it is more important than ever that you give that new fan the uh, the optics, at least, that we're doing everything in our sport to make sure that you're, you're wagering on a sport with the utmost integrity. Every time I call a game, you call it a business. And every time I call a business, you call it a game. Well, it's less of a game than it used to be, even. Okay, let's wrap up finally. Do we have our dad? Let's. Jonas had a theory on walks. I just finished this. Three point three is the average for the season. Three point three the last three days. Uh oh, no effect, Jonas. No effect. All right, (laughs) let's do this. I want to talk a little bit about the lottery for the number one pick with the Pistons. Yeah, and it was uh, the Detroit Pistons who got the number one pick uh, in the lottery. Uh, They grabbed the number one spot. Uh, They were able to get that spot uh, over the Houston Rockets. So it'll be Detroit drafting one overall. Cade Cunningham, the projected number one pick for the Detroit Pistons. So, Mackenzie, get ready. We had a couple of teams that had draft choices at risk based on where they drew in the lottery. Do you have that ready now, or do you need a minute? Yeah. Okay, so give us how that turned out. So, the Houston Rockets lucked out. They had about a 50% chance of losing their pick to the Thunder, their lottery pick. They got number two. They lucked out there. I feel bad. The Thunder don't have enough picks. I mean, they (laughs) needed that one. But go ahead. Yeah, the Thunder could have had two top five picks. Now they don't have any top five picks, the way the the balls bounced. The Warriors did pick up the Timberwolves pick, which was top three protected, so they're going to pick number seven. And uh, the Bulls, they were able to keep their pick versus the Orlando Magic. Ooh. Now, I'll tell you something. 
Golden State potentially wrapping that that seven pick up now with last year's number one, perhaps. Rumors are they get a star, and now Clay comes back. It's a pretty good team. I mean, Maddie, you were t- about two years ago. We were talking about Kyrie and KD right when he went. They both went to Brooklyn, and you said, "Oh yeah, I'd make them like three and a half to one to win the title." I thought you were insane. Now Harden obviously had a big role in it, but you were pretty, you know, the first person I respected that really was optimistic about Brooklyn with that configuration. Though they lost, still, the team was very, very good. And I think in hindsight, and let me ask you this question real quick, Matty Holt from U.S. Integrity, former bookmaker. If we were starting the playoffs over, if time got rewound, but everything that happened actually happened so we can learn from it. But it doesn't affect anything. So it was like it was a no. It was like a no go. We're starting over. Wouldn't the Nets be if everyone was healthy? Wouldn't the Nets be favored more than they were entering this playoffs meeting? I think relatively they're better than we thought, even though they lost. I 100% agree. Yeah. Because the question was, could Kevin Durant carry a team? And boy, did he show up in Game Five. So McKenzie had three different binary, you know, bullion type A or Bs. He he was two out of three. <laughs> the Magic did get. So if you were flipping a coin, you did better than you know random. That's like a low C, sixty-seven percent. Magic uh, did get the Bulls pick. Okay, um, yeah. Uh, thank you, McKenzie. <laughs> the <laughs> very kind of you to share with us. I'm R.J. Bell. <laughs> we are straight out of Vegas. What do you think about Jonas Golden State if they do make a trade for a veteran with with the pick and last year's pick? And we don't know who they're going to, but that's been the talk. Yeah, I, I would think that would make some sense. There's, you know, Bradley Beal, his name, of course, has been thrown out there before to where people wonder when, when Washington's going to part with Bradley Beal. I don't know if that if they would be interested in getting a deal done or whether or not that makes sense for Golden State, if that's a great pairing. But it does feel like Golden State, after what they saw last year and with Clay Thompson out and, uh, and Steph Curry, that they're going to give this one more shot. I think they're going to give it one more shot to try and roll this back through with the uh, you know with the the guys that have been there the longest Draymond Clay and Steph if Clay can come back healthy um, and then see what they can get done this offseason and just roll this through again now I love them next year because I thought Wiseman got hurt the number one pick in the draft right and James Wiseman out of Memphis now he, he underperformed prior to that but again big men do not do well the first year in the modern NBA typically plus I mean let's face it after one game in college he got suspended because of, you know the illegal benefits he was taking so he didn't get that college year under his belt then he got hurt right away and he thought boy this could be a bust pick but I thought finally when he got healthy and he started to learn the NBA a little bit he showed that that why he was the number one. Really, pick in the- I thought he was trying to. If you listen, when it comes to the NBA, I'm more about listening to people I respect in my own opinion by far. And they, you know, the plus minus when it wasn't Wiseman on the court, and that's what the talk was going into the Lakers game was outstanding. But I don't think it necessarily means he can't come around. But it, it was obvious that there was a mandate from above: give Wiseman every chance to m- mature. But you're optimistic about it. Like, I've heard people say maybe they're the third or fourth favorite to win it. Yeah, I think that they're in the top five. 
I mean, maybe Draymond gets motivated. Especially shape. if they get one more piece. Because with yeah. Wiseman and Draymond, what Wiseman gives Draymond is a little more flexibility to roam because he's a true rim protector, James Wiseman. And now you have to space the floor with four shooters. And this is an interesting basketball team. My last thought would be, Clay's health is going to drive. Do they do what Jonas said, which is bundle some stuff and make one more run with this team? Or do they have the seeds with his seventh pick for the future of going? Because if they do make a run with this team, you know within two or three years it's over regardless. And then they'll be at the bottom of the barrel in theory if they trade away any of their picks. You know, Wiseman and the number seven. So it's going to be interesting to see the faith Golden State has. If they make a move for the now... I think it's going to be because they know Clay is looking good. If they don't make a move for now, I think it's a sign Clay isn't looking good. I think that will be a leading indicator. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. All right, you ready for this, Jonas? Ime Udoka. You see that? You you, you thought that might be a problem. It just took me 20 minutes today. That was all it took. (laughs) Yeah, see, I knew it. I knew it. All right, speaking of that, uh, Chris Paul being back, we've got an early line in Game 3. Now, remember, Game 3, when a team's down 0-2, they're at home. It's that must-win spot. It's the crowd energy, usually in the first half. Well, the Suns are actually favored. The Suns are a small favorite at the Clippers. It's kind of gone back and forth. But man, oh man, the Suns are getting a ton of love. When we come back, we're going to preview the start of the Eastern Conference Finals. We're going to have props. We're going to have the series price and the game spread. That's coming up next. But first, Straight Out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to start your job your way. That means getting what you need fast. Some jobs can't wait. That's why AutoZone offers free same-day store pickup. Free next-day delivery is available on over 100,000 parts. Visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. Get in the zone. AutoZone, he's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight Out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. And RJ, we get things started with a best bet from Mr. UFC, Matty Holt. Yes, he's been red hot here. You know, I've only bet two UFC fights like in the last three years, and I'm 0-2. One was from Mr. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy, and I've been so judicious. So, Maddie, convince me on this one, and maybe I'll try to be uh, get up to Jonas's 33%. So, I'm going to go <laughs> with the main event here, Alexander Volkov and Surreal Gan, the undefeated heavyweight. Uh, that's the main event of this Saturday's card. I'm going to go under four and a half rounds, and the odds right now is four and a half over minus 125. So, you're getting a little extra. You're getting a little plus money. A little juice. Uh, and and Volkov. 
Volkov's one of those guys. His last four wins come by knockout. Five of his last six wins come by knockout. He has 22 knockouts. And these are big, giant heavyweights. And the biggest difference in MMA and boxing is in boxing, you get hit with a flash knockdown. The ref gives you 10 seconds. He puts you in a neutral corner, counts, gives you the slow eight count in that time to recover. You get a flash knockdown in MMA, and the guy hammer fists your face into the mat, and the fight's over. And, and again, with these guys of this size and power, these fights just don't tend to... The average UFC total on heavyweights is one and a half rounds. We have four and a half rounds so here. Why, why is this number what it is? I think the idea is that Gans last fight was really boring. And it's a big recency bias from a French fighter that no one's seen, that's new to the UFC, but he's undefeated and French suddenly like in a main fight. event. French don't like to fight, that's, they say. Maybe that's the theory here. I'm telling you, something's going to happen early here. I like Alexander Volkov as a live underdog in the fight, but my best bet, under four and a half rounds, plus 105. Any relation to Nikolai Volkov? No. <laughs> the, the wrestler? No. Okay. All right. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Last question. The Logan Paul May, uh, Mayweather... I mean, crazy amount of batting on that compared to what you might have thought? Several states disallowed it, and before the fight even happened, said, we're not going to allow betting on this because it's an exhibition, because there's not going to be a winner declared, and because there's not judging. The few states that did allow betting on it, very little action on the fight. Really? Yes. With legalized books. Yes. I think some of the far away ones might have had a lot of action. I will say this. It seems like not having any decision would make the integrity better. It's either a knockout or there's no, there's going to be no result, right? It would be a push. But so, for a fighter like Mayweather, it doesn't knock anyone out. Well, but the theory is there couldn't have been, there was a better chance of something really going scammy, like something looking like a scam if the judges are involved. But I hear you. It was so unusual. Yeah. But the amount of interest in it, my gosh. All right, let's do the NBA, Jones. Yeah, it's the Eastern Conference Finals, game one, tipping off 830 East. Eastern time, and right now it's a Milwaukee Bucks at home, an eight-point favorite hosting the Hawks. Okay, so first thing is the line opened up a little bit uh, right around eight, got bet down to seven, and now the steam, the bigger money coming in on Milwaukee, like you said, up to eight and a half. If we look at the series price here, what's our – oh, we got uh, minus 475 on Milwaukee. So that is um, comes out to be about. Let me see what the imputed there. Eighty-one percent Milwaukee advances. And, uh, Matt, any thoughts at all on the series itself? Uh, boy, it seems a little wide that margin. I mean, Atlanta's playing really so a good. big number. Yeah, see, I, I can only take Atlanta on the series. So it would be plus three eighty. I have a bet. We're going to make now. I was waiting to see if Jonas mentioned the winner yesterday on our pizza bet. There's two minutes left in the show. He hasn't done it, so I'm going to have to mention it. We got to, we cashed it. So let's keep the pizza bet rolling here. Now, what's a pizza bet? Whatever you spend on a pizza, that's what you can bet on this, or that's what you should bet if you bet. I'm going to go with Giannis. Giannis. Got a nice anti toko umpo. Under 33 and a half points. 33 and a half? His playoff average is 28.8. 33 and a half? And oh, by the way, and McKenzie pregame.com research did pretty good here, I think, assuming this is correct, is Giannis averages in his career two less points per game in the first game of a series 
than any other game. So if you go the uh, the final six potentially, he averages two more points. So you've got a guy that hasn't averaged 33 and a half, not even close. He's less than 29, who has a minus two points bias. I'm going under 33 and a half pizza bet on Giannis. Middleton's 24 and a half over under. Remember, he's got a home away split this year especially. He scores a lot more at home. So I'm not as anxious to go under there as I might be. Trey Young, his over under 28 and a half points. By the way, Trey Young, 12 games played so far in the playoffs. Six over, six under. Now you'd think if you back Trey Young from the start of the playoffs that you'd be sitting pretty. But these bookies, man, cockroaches, they won't let you get an edge. You know, you, real quick, Maddie, 20 seconds here. Uh, you actually liked Holiday. What was it? Points, rebounds, and assists. I actually, yeah, I, I was actually Trey you Young leaning that. Oh, go ahead. On the will not get a double double. A lot of times, these guys, to your point, game five, six, and seven, they play try to play hero ball. They always have the ball in their hands. I don't think he will as much tonight. I bet him no on the double double. Trey Young. Okay, that's interesting. And by the way, correction from McKenzie. That was Giannis over three years, not his career. If you missed any of today's show, you can check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. Just search for Straight Out of Vegas for a look back on the Clippers and the Suns in Game 2 and a look ahead at Game 1 between the Bucks and the Hawks. We are back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. And as always, you can check out the show every single weekday on the iHeartRadio app. Straight Out of Vegas! 